three. You're listening to Sports Talk Chicago with your host, John Zaglul. John, I am fantastic. Thank you for having me. You got an awesome voice, man, and that was a terrific <laughs> intro. You're like a pro's pro. You know, that was the first time somebody ever said that, John. No, you're the first person to ever say anything like that. That's, that's very interesting. You got it, John. Anything for a fellow Chicago guy? <laughs> well, what a great question. That's a great question. Nobody's actually asked me that. <laughs> I like it. What a great question. I never heard that before. Chase, wait, wait, Chase Sully is what? You're saying he's not a Hall of Fame candidate? You know, it's it's funny. I, I, You may be the only person that I've heard make that connection. Thank you, John, for having me. I'm doing great. By the way, you have an outstanding voice. I'm not sure about your face because I haven't met you, but your voice is great. You're doing a much better job than I ever did. You've had some heavy hitters uh, guests on too, man, so keep up the good work, but it's good to be with you, and I'm ready to talk sports. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to Sports on Chicago. My name's John Zaglou. Great to have you here. On today's edition of the program, we're going to preview the Bears-Packers game coming up in just a second. Plus, talk with Clay Harbour, former NFL tight end and host of the Bear Minimum podcast. Talk with him extensively about some Bears football, his career, and so much more. It's a great interview. Comes your way near the midway point of this show. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at John Z Sports Facebook. John's Gloom. Want to watch more of this show? Head on over to SportsTalkChicago.com. Want to start today with this. What do you want me to tell you? <laughs> As of this taping, we have no idea if Justin Fields will play. We know Aaron Rodgers will. We also know the Bears signed Tim Boyle off Detroit's practice squad. My point being, I have no expectations for this game on Sunday. Tim Boyle, really? Who the hell is that? That's your best pick. I would have rather started Nathan Peterman, maybe. I mean, I don't know. But what I do know is if he starts, if anybody but Justin Fields starts, expect the Jets game to repeat again and again and again and again as this season comes to a close. We could go analytical and talk about the Packers. I mean, they suck too, but they have a great run game. Aaron Jones ran wild against the Bears last time they played each other. He's averaging nearly six yards per carry. Packers have two great running backs, Dylan as well. Rodgers is more turnover-prone, but still a competent QB. And the Packers have many different wide receivers that Rodgers likes to target. Their defense is 22nd in football, their offense 23rd. They're a very mediocre team, and it should be, if Justin Fields played, a chance for the Bears to win. I don't think he's playing. I'll explain why in a second. Packers team is experiencing turmoil. They're so worried. I mean, their empire, the NFC North, is slowly collapsing before their eyes. They have no bond receiving, or young bond receiving. Good running. Aaron Rodgers is significantly regressing. They lost a lot of their offensive components. Luke Getsy, one. Nathaniel Hackett, another. Their defense has regressed, and all of a sudden they're 4-8, wondering what they're doing in third place in the NFC North. Here's my question to everybody watching. Two, really. Are the Bears in the playoff chase? Are the Packers a good team? Answer to both is no. 
So why the hell would you play Justin Fields? In fact, I'll take it a step further. Why would you play Justin Fields at all for the rest of this season? may not be words you want to hear, but I'll tell you what, I'd rather see him sit on the sideline and fully heal from a freaking separated shoulder or torn ligament in his shoulder and go out there and play meaningless football against bad teams. And make sure that nobody stands up for him, either. There's a line sucks, there's blocking sucks, find receivers dropping footballs. Why should Fields play? Now, of course, for us, we want Fields to play selfishly. Everybody wants him to play because without him, this team blows. <laughs> Can't even watch him play. They're unwatchable. Their football, their brand of football is unwatchable unless Justin Fields in. And while that's very exciting, it's also a bit concerning. We talked about this last week because if he is the lifeblood of this team, then how are the Bears going to win when he doesn't play? His roster is not constructed for winning today, we all know, but Ryan Pulse has a lot of work to do this offseason because of next year, the roster is similar or they have so many deficiencies to the point where Fields doesn't play and they get their ass handed to them. We got a problem here in Chicago. We got a problem in the future for this Bears team who's supposed to be good. So I understand why everybody wants him to play. Everybody's waiting for Fields to come back and he's done a great job as this season has progressed. Yes, he needs to work on throwing the football. Everybody does. Aaron Rodgers does. Russell Wilson does. And now Justin Fields does. I see no problem with that. That's not a knock on Fields. Russell Wilson can't even throw a freaking touchdown in Denver. Their team is a mess. That's a Super Bowl winning QB who could be a Hall of Famer one day. Aaron Rodgers, definite Hall of Famer. And he's progressing. His team's progressing. He has no weapons. And he himself is making tons of mistakes. More than he's ever made in his career in a season. Think he needs to work on something? Or is he okay? Is he a good enough passer? No. Of course he's going to be working. Everybody works all the time. I hate that argument. He needs to be a better passer. Everybody needs to be better at all times. Everybody needs to improve at all times. Including fields. Including the best of the best. They're always improving, always getting better. The dynamic part of Fields' game, the running, has been most impressive to me. This is better than Lamar Jackson. Had they done this all season and had Fields played all year, he could have broken Jackson's record easily. Could have still broken if he played this week and all the way through. If he didn't miss any more games even, I think he would have broken it for yards in a season. It's impressive what he's done with literally nothing. By the way, we saw last week just how bad the Bears were. We could try and defend certain players, but overall as a unit, this team sucks. Look at how much Trevor Simeon was pressured. Look at how many times he was dropped down or sacked. Look at how bad this O-line is. And now Simeon, by the way, is hurt. This is why the Bears signed somebody random off Detroit's practice squad. Simeon's hurt. Why Simeon hurt? Well, he was hurt before the game, but now it's probably way worse after being hit X amount of times, being thrown to the ground all the time, having no protection. So here we go. Another quarterback's hurt because the Bears' offensive line is inept. You really think we should trot Fields back out for the rest of this year? Hell no. He shouldn't play. Just so frustrated with how this Bears O-line was constructed, which I know it's going to get better, but also how bad they are protecting a quarterback, even the backup. Really, you're on your third string QB? You had to sign somebody from the freaking Lions? 
That's pathetic. That's sad. So for all of you clamoring to have Justin Fields come back, do you see where I'm coming from now? Do you see why I feel this way? Do you see why it makes no sense to play him? And that's not a knock. It's not disciplinary. Oh, you're calling for Fields to be benched. No, I'm not. Calling for the fact that if he plays more, he's going to be beaten up more. His body's going to be torn to shreds. And then eventually, he won't be able to play anymore ever. Don't want that. The Bears need to be very responsible with how they treat Fields moving forward. I go back to my two qualifying questions then. Are the Bears in a playoff hunt? And are the Packers even remotely good? Answer's no to both. So what's that mean? Don't play Justin Fields. <laughs> Please don't do it. And in fact, don't play him for the rest of this year. No need, no benefit, nothing will come from it. Except more injuries, more pain, more hurting shoulders, ribs, any other injury you could expect. If the Bears can't protect their second-string QB, who can't move, how are they going to protect Justin Fields, who can't? And he's still getting hurt. We got problems here with this Bears offensive line that need to get better. And until they do, I would suggest Fields does not play. And, you know, he could be petty about this. He could call and say, you know, I don't want to play. He could hold out and say, I'm not feeling safe easily. He could if he wanted to. He's not. He's being able to handle the pressure, handle the hits. But other quarterbacks have done lesser and worse things. Other quarterbacks have held out. Other quarterbacks have complained more. He's been pretty silent about just how putrid his offensive line is, which is a credit to him, a complete antithesis of Aaron Rodgers, by the way, who complains about everybody else and never takes responsibility for his own actions, kind of like Jack Wilson. So if I were you, I would not expect much from this game. My expectation is that Justin Fields will not play. I know we're taping this early, and maybe I could be wrong, but I really would be stunned if Fields plays this week. I'd be stunned if Fields plays for the rest of this year, and I would advocate against it. After this week, the Bears have a bye, so you hold out Fields again, then you get the bye, then he could play the rest of the year. Maybe that's the plan, but really, I wouldn't even waste your time playing him again. There's no need to do it. You know he's the franchise guy, at least many believe, and the Bears are going to be building around him in the offseason. Let it go. Play somebody else who's going to get killed, not your franchise QB. Makes no sense. The Packers will play Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers is going to win his pity party of a game against this Bears third-string quarterback and celebrate as if he's going to the Super Bowl. That's as close as he'll get to the Super Bowl this year. He will yell out, I own you once again, and Bears fans will roll their eyes and move on because everybody knows deep down inside this Packer team is on their way down. That's going to be Sunday in a nutshell. It's not going to be a pretty game. It's going to be all Packers all day long like we expect. And Aaron Rodgers is going to celebrate beating a second or third or even fourth string QB from the Bears. And that will be his Super Bowl for 2022. Meanwhile, the Packers are falling from grace and free-falling as we speak by next year. This division's going to be wide open. Then at that point, the Bears could finally say, we own you. We're better than you. We're greater than you. And your time of domination is over. Well, I ask all of you because it seems like emotions get really triggered around this time. Don't fall for the Packer BS, as that's all it is. Everybody, national, 
local Green Bay people even know this team is over. Aaron Rodgers, even, is over. Everybody's over. So the Bears losing with the third-string QB or fourth-string QB or a practice squad guy means absolutely nothing. What does matter is growth. What does matter is making sure that your franchise guy is protected and safe, that he's ready for next year to actually win a division and then own the Packers. Justin Fields with this roster is not going to win on Sunday, even if he played. It'll be a closer game. It'll be a more fun game to watch. But he still won't win. Not when you have this offensive line, these wide receivers, and most importantly, that secondary and that defense overall. The Bears are going to get killed on Sunday, and that's okay. What we need to look forward to is the future, and what Bears fans need to realize and accept is that the Bears have to do everything they can to advocate for Justin Fields. That includes, yes, not playing him. Do not play him. Do not subject him the constant pressure, more sacks, a worse, a more harsh injury, and then potentially surgery or waiting out a longer time and scarring him. Not worth it. Don't do it. I have no idea where this score is going to be. I know I do score predictions every week. I have no idea. My guess is at this point, Bears will lose 31 to 17. Lots of pair gas. That's what I'm going to go with. The Packers' defense is 22nd in football. They do give up a decent amount of points, actually 23.6 per game. So that will be my final 31-17 Packers win. And obviously, cover if you're trying to bat. So Bears fans, I caution you. My last words, my parting words on this video are this. Please do not pressure Justin Fields to return. Understand what he's going through. Understand, as we saw clearly last week, the horrendousness of this team. Understand there's no need to subject Fields to that sort of punishment just for one game against Green Bay. I know the rivalry's big. I know everybody's all worked up and bored. Emotions are running high, and everybody's running to make sure they could go on social media and post about the game. I caution you, and I tell you, relax. The reign of Packer terror, the reign of cheesehead terror is coming to an end. Won't be this year, won't be Sunday, but it will be next year. Just endure it. We've endured it for how many years? Endure another loss. It's fine. It won't kill you. Aaron Rodgers will say he owns the Bears. Aaron Rodgers will go crazy. And again, that will be his Super Bowl for the year. They're 4-8. They're, they're out of playoff contention. They have so many issues and so many questions entering the offseason. They could go answer those and deal with that headache. They're in salary cap hell. They have nothing to look forward to. And they may be without a quarterback even by next year. They're in big trouble. Don't worry about what's going to happen there. You could root for a Bears win. Don't expect it. And again, one more time. Don't play Justin Fields. This Bears team will be better off in the future, specifically next year, if he doesn't play Sunday or really the rest of this season. To come here on Sports Talk Chicago. My interview with Clay Harbor comes up next, so stay tuned. Sports Talk Chicago. 
Never turns to glory, and we are back in Friday for today's special guest. He's a nine-year NFL veteran, host of the Bear Minimum podcast, and a Bears post-game contributor to CBS2. Please welcome Clay Harbor to the pro- program. Clay, it's great to have you on. How are you? Appreciate you having me on, John. It's always fun to come on and talk Bears with you. Um, it's a beautiful, cold, sunny day in Chicago, so nothing better than to talk some Bears football. Yeah, it's great to have you on. Um, what did you make of that Bears-Jets game from Sunday? You know, it was uh, it's unfortunate, obviously, because of the injuries to to Mooney and Jackson. Those are two key cogs in this Bears engine, and and guys that I'm looking forward to seeing next year, and that I think have have done some good things this year. Obviously, they they haven't been perfect, but I think they've done some good things, and they've earned their stripes, and they're guys that we'll we'll, we'll see back again next season for sure. You know, hoping Mooney can recover, hoping Jackson recover, and uh, and contribute to the offense and defense respectively starting there but um you know it was a tough it was a tough game because I mean the weather you didn't know who was going to start quarterback and injured Trevor Simeon playing in in place of Justin Fields and the offense you've really been getting into a good rhythm with with Justin Fields running the ball uh, also throwing the ball a bit but it's a tough situation for Trevor Simeon to come in there and the weather and to have this oblique injury so it, it was a tough day all around but I think some things showed up and the first is Bears got a lot of work to do on their defense. No way Mike White should have 150 rating, be the highest rated quarterback of the week, <laughs> highest graded passer on PFF. Like that should just not happen. And, and in a monsoon, those games aren't easy to play in. Trust me, it's hard to catch the football. It's hard to throw the football. And the fact that defense couldn't stop this guy. And I'm watching, I just watched the all 22 yesterday. Half these passes I could have completed. I mean, I'm not trying to sound, I mean, but they were just <laughs> wide open players and, there's a lot of work that needs to be done on the defense. And then I think, um, you know, there were some bright spots. I think David Montgomery showed that he's he's still a good runner and he's a guy that the Bears should consider bringing back. I know there's a lot of different opinions out there about David Montgomery. What you should do with them, Chase Claypool, you know, we saw him have a couple catches, 50 yards at least, had one big 50-50 ball that he went up and got. Byron Pringle had a nice catch. So there were some ups, but, you know, mostly a lot of downs for the Bears. Offensive line that allowed a few pressures, but uh, – you know, overall, I think it's it's a learning experience, and that's what the rest of the season is going to be. Where do you stand on the David Montgomery situation? I like David Montgomery. I would be okay with bringing him back, but I think if they could get a guy like Miles Sanders, a guy like, um, I mean, obviously Saquon's going to get a lot of attention. There's some running backs out there that you pair with Justin Fields. David Montgomery's great short yardage back, but he's just not very fast. You know, he runs a high 4 six forty. Just not very explosive, but his numbers don't jump off the page, obviously. But I think, you know, he's still a good running back. But I love Miles Sanders, a guy like Saquon. If you could pair him and Herbert, I mean, this offense could, could turn into something really special, especially with the money that you have to spend. So I think uh, I think I'd keep my eyes open in look. But if you don't get the right deal, then I'd be OK with bringing back Montgomery. What do you think the likelihood is today that the Bears do bring him back. I mean, we don't know about Montgomery's asking price. We don't know where Ryan Poles is going to be on that too, but yeah. what do you think the likelihood is? I think it's a good likelihood. If they weren't going to bring him back, I think they probably would have dealt him somewhere. They're going to trade him. Like they know he's a free agent. If they don't want him they're they've already shown they're not afraid to trade free agents. They're not afraid to get rid of Robert Quinn, Roquan Smith, because they're not bringing him back in the middle of the season. Why not deal Montgomery somewhere for a sixth, seventh round pick if that's even if that's all you get for him? If you know you're not bringing him back at this point in the season, so that gives me the inclination that they're they're considering bringing him back and they're going to try to do that. 
Clay Harbor here on Sports Talk Chicago. Clay, let's talk Justin Fields. What have you made of him up to this point? I think it's been a great turnaround since the last time we talked. I think Fields is uh, a lot of it has to do with Getsy too. Uh, that's as much of a turnaround as for Fields. Fields has always been this guy. Instead of trying to use him like a prototypical quarterback, you know, Getsy's in the system with Aaron Rodgers. Fields is not Aaron Rodgers. He's a dynamic runner. He's not that kind of thrower. He's not the anticipatory thrower that's going to throw the ball right out the break. He can throw a good deep ball. He's got a good arm, but he's got to use his legs. This guy runs a 4-3-40. 4-3. Like, that's insane. <laughs> he's the fastest guy in the field most of the time. He's out there. Um, or sorry, 4-4-1. You know, I'm getting a little carried away here. But <laughs> I've heard he's gotten down in the 4-3s anyways. But I think he's been playing well, and he shows what he can do. Obviously, you got to keep him healthy now. Can't have those plays where he's he's getting hit week in and week out, and that's gonna make you make him lower the the length of his career, which is something you don't want to see as a Bears fan, and just for him. But I'm very I'm very impressed. I think this new revitalized offense that Getsy's put out there has has shown what he is capable of doing. What do you think of his run first mentality? Is that going to be sustainable for him and for this Bears offense moving forward? I think right now he's running more, but as he gets more comfortable and gets more experience, he's going to keep keep his eyes downfield. And I think that's typically how it goes. It transitions. First, you see the guy running more and more, and then as he gets more comfortable, he's going to rely on his arm more. So I think it's something he's going to continue to improve on, but it's great to have that there if he needs it on third downs, fourth downs, goal line, red zone, to have a guy that can run. But I think it's something – all teams are going to have to account for it. Something else they're going to have to prepare for, and the more they prepare for that, the more openings there's going to be in that defensive backfield to, to get more completions to guys like Chase Claypool. Where do you rank him as a passer right now? How good of a passer is he? Well, I mean, he's got the tools. He's got the arm strength. He's got the accuracy, but he he doesn't see things as fast as some other players. doesn't get the ball out as quick as some other quarterback, so to speak, but he doesn't need to, and he's a guy that if he holds on to the ball, he has the opportunity to see something bigger open up later in the play. So I've never been one to judge a guy like that, like say Mark, uh, Lamar Jackson for not getting the ball out as quick because he has a big reason not to, if there's an opening later in the play, he can exploit that. So it makes sense, but I think he's an improving passer. He's, he's obviously not, um, you know, a guy like Trevor Lawrence, that's going to throw the 350 yards last week, the, you know, 135 rating with, three touchdowns, no interceptions, but he's a guy that's going to have 120 yards on the ground. He's going to have 200 yards through the air, and he's going to have the 300 yards, but just in a different way. What weapons do you think the Bears should target this offseason to help out Fields in developing to be a better passer and just better overall QB? Well, honestly, there's not much in the wide receiver tight end department right now, so maybe get them on the free agency. Uh, in the draft, I think there's some – so the, the TCU kid, kid from Ohio State, his alma mater, I think there's some some players you can target there that could come in and make an immediate impact. I think feel, uh, I think Poles did a good job of bringing in Claypool. Obviously, right now, the Bears got the 33rd pick. So it's like, dang, like that's dang near a, a, a first-round pick that you're giving up for Chase Claypool. But I like the fact you're going to have an offseason with him. Hopefully, you get Mooney back healthy. And, and you do have a decent little receiving core there. You get a guy in the draft – Obviously, wouldn't be a first-round pick, maybe third-round pick. And you maybe try to get some sort of a free agent, even though there's not much out there. Jacoby Myers, Alan Lazard's about as good as it's going to get for you this year. But but uh, 
overall, I think there's there's some weapons you can get, but I honestly I don't see the Bears using a, a draft pick on a wide receiver in the first two rounds. Do you think it'll be offensive line instead? And what about their offensive line today? What do you make of that? I think the off- the offensive line needs work, but you know me and the, the Twitter world we have a big disagreement right now. I, they think the Bears' <laughs> offensive line is the worst offensive line in the league, and I tell them they're a mid level offensive line. They're not great, but they're not bad. They're in the middle of middle of the pack, and people don't want to believe it. But I've watched film a lot in my life, for my whole entire life, and looking at the tape, I think Tevin Jenkins is a top guard. I don't know if he's the top guard, but he's in the top three in my opinion. He's he's an unbelievable player. I think Braxton Jones is a solid starter. I'm not saying he's a superstar. They can improve on him if they wanted to move more to right tackle, maybe. Larry Borum has been up and down, but Cody Whitehair's not bad. Um, Lucas Patrick and Riley Reef have filled in okay for the Bears. Sam Musfer has had a lot of downs, but he's had some ups too. But overall, you see this unit. I mean, I'm pro football focus, ESPN analytics, all these different these different organizations are ranking them middle of the pack too. I'm not saying that the nineties Dallas Cowboys, you know, like, but this team, this offensive line isn't bad. I think they do need some players. So I, I would say first round, most important, you have to go edge defender. And then, then, then the second round, I mean, maybe you go defensive interior, maybe, I mean, but you could also make a case for going for a tackle, but you got free agency too, so whichever you'll see once they start identifying who they're attacking in free agency, what they're going to do in the draft. If they bring in some edge defenders, okay? They're going to get they're going to get an interior defender, and then they're going to go O line. Those are those are the the needs that the Bears need more than wide receiver, which I know you know the wide receiver is the sexy position that everybody wants to get the big fast receiver, but the Bears got more pressing needs right now. You know. Can you explain why there's such a disagreement on the offensive line? I mean, you watch film. Other people watch film, too. It seems like they're differing opinions. So wh- where do you stand and what do you see on film when you watch this Bears offensive line play? I think the biggest disagreement is, like, you got to realize it's never going to look perfect. I think people expect when they see an offensive line, maybe they watch Tom Brady from the Patriots or Patrick Mahomes and they <laughs> see these guys just standing back. It's never going to look perfect. Every quarterback is getting pressured. There's a time limit. There's a one, two, three, okay, balls out. And you got to expect that. That's why you got to look at it. You know, sometimes you see you see these these players and these guys getting, oh, he's getting pressured again. That's four seconds after the play. Or the, there's nobody open the fight. Like, it's never going to look perfect. And these and, and some people don't understand. They want it to look perfect. They want the guy just to be standing up there and, you know, just have all day. And no matter how good your offensive line is, this is the NFL. Those guys get paid a lot of money to disrupt the passer. It's never going to look perfect. I've been on a lot of offensive lines in my day. And if you can fight, claw, scratch, just to get that three seconds, that four seconds, that's all you can do no matter how it looks. And people don't realize, oh, it doesn't look perfect. This guy got beat, and they must be the worst offensive line in the league. But if you watch the games around the league, that happens a lot. That's what it looks like. And it's not, it's not going to look perfect unless you're at the Philadelphia Eagles this year with an unbelievable offensive line. That has been looking pretty dang good. Uh, the Jaguars' pass pro has been great. I mean, like, there's some teams that have been done a good job, but overall, it's not going to look that good. It's not going to be that perfect and that clean. But if you get that three seconds, that four seconds, that's a win. What's the key to being a good blocker? I mean, you were a tight end. How, how do you do it? It's tough. It's a, it's a, it's a bunch of different things. Firstly, you got to have a good base. You know, and you gotta you gotta be able to to 
hold your own against the bull rush. And then from there, you got to have agility and you got to be able to use your hands. You got to be able to get low. It's just, you got to be smart. You got to be able to diagnose the blitzes. There's just so many different things. And the bears run deep run blocking is a lot better than their, their pass pro. I'd say, um, obviously with a guy like, uh, Braxton Jones, he's a much better run blocker than he is pass blocker, but he is still improving pass blocker. I really like this kid. I want to see him on the team next year, maybe starting probably. But a guy like Tevin Jenkins is just, he's just a cut above. He's physically gifted. He's a freak athlete to be that big and to be able to move like he does and have that mentality and that mindset. He's just a mean guy and on the field. I don't know. I don't know him off the field. But on the field. I love the guys that play like that. So there's a lot that goes into it, but agility, size, speed, aggressiveness, demeanor, smarts. Can you pick up a playbook? It was just a ton. What's your expectation for the Bears for the rest of the 2022 season? You know, I, I'm I'm leaning towards you let Justin Fields sit this week because you got the bye week next week. I know, I know nobody in Chicago wants to hear that. They want Aaron Rodgers is coming in town. Chicago, I own you. You don't own us anymore. Not with Justin Fields, but I think, you know, we got to do the right thing. And you know, we got to let J- Justin Fields sit to the bye week. This guy's got a sp- AC joint, some ligament damage. It's not going to be 100% to go. As much as I want to see Justin Fields out there dueling Aaron Rodgers and beating the Packers, what does it do for us? Nothing at all. Save this guy for the future. Make sure you don't re-injure his shoulder. He's got no weapons to throw to this week. Mooney's out. He's going to be throwing the ball to Pringle, Pettis, and I don't know who else <laughs> out there, but obviously Claypool's in there. But, I mean, it's going to be tough for him, so. I would – that defense is going to give up 35, 40 points Aaron Rodgers. I, I mean, as much as I hate to say this, let Fields rest one more week. You get him the bye week, then we come back. We got four games left. Finish the season strong. Maybe uh, don't win too many games because I want to see it for the draft pick. But obviously, <laughs> you do want to learn how to win these games and, and finish with some momentum. But uh, I think they're going to continue to struggle defensively. I think offensively when Fields come back, they're going to they're gonna move the ball. And I think we'll see a connection form between Claypool and Fields because the more time he gets in the offense, the more comfortable he's going to feel. And now Claypool's the number one. Mooney's out. So I think that's something we're going to see. We're going to see Montgomery playing hard for his life, for his job, for his free agency. You know, there's some, there's still some important things here. We're going to see which receivers can we keep. And Kill Harry's going to get a chance to play. Bayless Jones is going to get a chance to play. Dante Pettis is going to get a chance to play. Some of these guys are going to get a chance. You know, why watch the Bears right now? They're out of it. Justin Fields might not play. It's an important game for a lot of players. Tristan Ebner, can this guy play? Evans, you know, he's going to get some carries. Cole Komet, can he continue building on what he did early in the season? So there's some cool things to watch. And, I mean, in the defensively, I think we'll get Brisker and Gordon back this week. So see how those guys continue to progress. Can they be pieces of the future? I think Brisker has shown enough that we all say yes. Gordon, ups and downs. The guy's a good tackler, but in coverage, he's been brutal. He's been just getting beat like a redheaded stepchild out there, man. I'm like, geez, Gordon. But I think he can only go up. And then Dominique Robinson, Travis Gibson, those are two guys that, you know, I was excited to see him play when Quinn got traded. They haven't answered the call. They've been terrible since they haven't got any pressure. I think that shows you that when an offensive line can key on a player, they can take them out the game. So I want to see all these guys start taking some steps forward. Our man Jack Sanborn seems to be the real deal at linebacker. Are we going to keep Nicholas Morrow? How's he going to do finish the season? So there's some important games left for a lot of players. As far as the Bears as a whole, I wouldn't say so, but these guys are playing for stuff. 
for the comic play harbor. In just a moment, stay tuned. This is Sports Talk Chicago. Clay Harbor still here on Sports Talk Chicago. Clay, a few more questions before we finish up. First off, the podcast. How did it start? Oh yeah, it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty funny. I'm. I have a couple buddies that own restaurants in Chicago, and we're just we're at a dinner with some friends, and you know the guys like, oh man, I've been loving your Bears takes and everything you've been doing on social media, and you know saw me on CBS, saw me doing work with Cap on NBC, and uh, and listened to some of my show on ESPN Jacksonville twice a week. So he's like, like yeah, man, you know I love the Bears. I live here, and he's got a he's got a studio. He's like, we should we should start a podcast and do something. I'm like, I'd love to, man. I love talking bears. And you know, next thing I know, my uh my buddy Marshall Harris, who who's the director of CBS two, director of sports at CBS two, you know, I kind of run the idea past him because he's just so good at what he does. He's just so good on air and he's good at assisting and taking conversations certain ways. And he's been in sports for so long. I knew him when I was a player out in Philadelphia, he was covering the Eagles. Wow. So he decided he was good to come on and we we kind of just started this thing on the hit the ground running and um we're learning a lot as we go but it's been fun. It's only been a uh, two three episodes now but we're excited and um we're just going to continue to to just talk bears and I love the community, you know, guys like yourself and in in this community of all these bears Chicago podcasters, sport writers, beat writers and just media members it's it's been really great everybody's been real supportive and i think it's a really cool um little group of guys we all follow each other on uh social media and stuff and just talk bear so it's been really fun and and i look forward to uh to keep keeping this thing going and then yeah and just seeing where it goes from there how can viewers listen to it or watch it yeah so uh we 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 have a twitter page it's just called um the bare minimum podcast and then on Instagram, the bare minimum pod, but on my social media channels, we have it all, everything linked. And there's a, uh, we have a lot of fun and, and me and Marshall, the reason I, I'm excited about doing it with him, because we obviously talk bears, but just like you, you know, we talk other stuff too. And the last uh, podcast we just did, that's coming out today. I mean, we started talking bears next thing, you know, Marshall, who's 45, you know, he's been there and done it. And he, I'm a single guy, you know, I'm not young. But 35, he's talking, I'm talking about my dating life. Next thing you know, we're going over my dating life. He's giving me advice about <laughs> Chicago dating. And then we're getting back to the Bears. And somehow we get back on dating. And it, it was just a really fun podcast. And that's what I like most about it is it's, you know, it's really ours. And both of us have, have had opportunities to work with certain companies, but it wouldn't have been our podcast. Wouldn't have been able to do what we wanted to do. So that's why this one's so special to me. Clay, before we finish up today, last question. Is it true that you and Blake Bortles got into a bar fight? I heard about this story. <laughs> yes. I don't want to know how you heard about this, John. But, yes, we did um, We did get into a bar fight. So here's the story. It's a Thursday night football game in Jacksonville. And, uh, and um, me and Blake are going out to this bar. It was like a country bar in Jacksonville. There's no, there's not many bars out there, but you know, we have a bye week So we're like, Hey, let's go do something with a couple of guys. So we're at the, we're at the bar and we're hanging out and we're, we're actually there with a couple offensive linemen, but they went to like go dance or something. I don't know where they went to the, to the different side of the bar or something, whatever. These two guys, these two big, uh, Florida hillbillies. I don't want to call them hillbillies, but rednecks. I don't know what the term is. They come up to Blake and we're just sitting there talking. 
and they give him a wet willy. Wow. Okay. Like, like <laughs> wet willy, finger in the mouth and the ear. And I go, we both, me and Blake, look at each other, and we're like, did that really just happen? And then we look at these, we're like, dude, what are you guys doing? And like, what, man? You can't take a joke. We're like, no, it's fine. Like, he's like, what? You think you're, you're, you guys think you're better than us? We're like, no, like, dude, just walk away. We're fine. Like, you don't want to do this. They start getting in our face for no reason. They're obviously intoxicated. Oh, you guys think you're cool because you're Jaguars players? We're like, no, dude. Like, trust me, you don't want to do this. Like, we have friends here too. Like, <laughs> and somehow this guy pushes Blake. Next thing I know, Blake tackles a guy. I tackle a guy. There's punches flying. The two offensive linemen see us. So they come and jump in. And these guys just end up getting, you know, hit from every direction. <laughs> and there was cops that showed up. And I'm like, all right, I'm 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 getting cut. We're going to jail. Blake Bortles is our starting quarterback. And he just got, I just got in a bar fight with Blake Bortles. And the cops came and they heard what happened. And it was obviously all these guys' fault. So they kicked the guys out. They got like statements from us and and um they let us stay there and then the bar owner ended up taking care of our our drinks the rest of the night so it, it ended up a decent story but yeah that's that's actually what happened man and i, I did get in a bar fight back in jacksonville with with the boat blake bortles <laughs> <laughs> wow so i can't imagine the emotions going through your mind like you were really thinking you were going to be cut at one point right well here okay the cops come I'm like, if Blake gets in trouble, because Blake was a rookie, you know, he had kind of stormed on the scene. He was the third pick in the draft. And I'm out here with them and me both get in trouble. And I'm like, if they're not going to cut Blake. Right. You know, so I'm like, <laughs> I'm done. And like, they're, I'm just, you know, it's going through my head. I'm like, I'm done. I'm like, they're, they're not going to cut Blake. You know, I'm the guy. If this gets catches news. And I'm like, this is just such a weird situation because we literally did nothing wrong. We were, we, maybe we shouldn't have been out, but I don't, at that point I was like 25 and, you know, I, I still had an urge to like go out and get drinks and stuff. And, um, I really thought that that was going to be an issue. And I'm like, man, how did I get, but then the cops came, they're super cool. They heard our story and everybody there was to corroborate it. And I was like, okay, thank you. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to get cut. And the coaches never even heard about it. So that was, uh, that was beautiful. That was good. And that was just a story, you know, me and Blake kind of kept to ourselves for a while, but we ended up talking about it on air. So it's like, Hey, what, what could it hurt now? You know, we're, <laughs> we're both retired. <laughs> well, Clay, I really appreciate the time. Um, best wishes, of course, moving forward. Always a pleasure to have you on and uh, looking forward to the next time we chat as well. Absolutely. I'm getting you on the bare minimum. We're going to talk some, some football over there, but I uh, appreciate you having me on. You have a good day. I talk there with Clay Harbor. That'll do it for us today here on Sports Talk Chicago. Big thank you to Clay Harbor and all of you for tuning in here on today's program. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at John G Sports, Facebook, John's Glue. Want to watch more of this show? Head on over to SportsTalkChicago.com. So long, everyone. No! No! Never the turtle!